Well, I'm glad you came back tonight. Sure would have been lonely without you. I want you to get your Bibles out, if you will, and turn to Isaiah chapter number 14. And while you're turning, I'll do just a real brief commercial back on my book table. There are a variety of items. Uh, there's preaching back there. There's a few that are, are really rough, kind of rip your face off and stick it in your pocket, so you want to be careful with those. I have coloring books back there. If you're a deacon, something that you could understand and relate to. Uh, but there's something for almost every level. There's things for ladies and men and books and all sorts of things, and I welcome you back to the table. Oh, my, you're, you're just you're going to have to be patient with me tonight. I'm going to tell you the title of my sermon. Don't crucify me until you've heard my sermon. The title is this, I Wish You Were Like Satan. Now, some of you, you're already doing a good job, uh, but the sermon's title is this, I Wish You Were Like Satan. Isaiah chapter 14, would you do me a favor? I want to ask you to stand up with me while we read the scripture. I don't know if you do that, but if you will, just stand with me. Isaiah chapter 14, I'm going to look at verse number 12. I'll read out loud. You can follow along silently. Isaiah chapter 14, verse number 12, it says this, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will set also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Let me pray. Father, help me tonight. Help my mind to be strong. Help the sermon to be delivered in such a way, not that I would be glorified, not that the people would be pleased, but that Jesus would be exalted. Father, we need to leave here tonight not having been entertained, but changed. Somebody tonight desperately needs something from this sermon. I pray, God, that they would pay attention so they don't miss it. Help people not to play with their cell phones. Help the children to be still. May we all concentrate on the preaching of the Word of God. Lord, I'm glad everybody's here tonight. There are guests. I'm glad they're here. They're members of the church. I'm glad they're here. I'm glad I'm here. But God, your presence is the biggest issue. So you're welcome here. Reach into this church tonight and do something eternal, supernatural, and life-changing. And we certainly pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I, uh, you can be seated. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the Halloween time. That's just me. I, I have to tell you, that part of the year is just kind of creepy to me. At our church, we have harvest days, but I'm not a big Halloween promoter. I want you to know, I'm against Satan worship. I'm against satanic music. I'm against fortune telling. I'm against the occult of any kind. I'm against tarot cards and Ouija boards. I'm not into the demon world or the vampires. The zombies are something weird, and it has something to do with the devil. Witchcraft is real and wrong. I'm not a promoter of old Harry Potty. 
the werewolves and all that go along with it. I'm, I'm, I'm not into all that sort of stuff. I happen to know that the devil is my enemy. I happen to know he's out to destroy people. I happen to know that he has caused chaos ever since the beginning of this world. And he today is running wild and tearing our nation up and tearing our families up. And I'm not real happy about it. I'm, I'm, I'm angry, not at people, but I'm angry at the devil. Do you understand that Satan at one time was in heaven and he's one, he was one of God's primary angels, but his pride caused him to become disloyal to God. Disloyalty is a very wicked, wicked thing. Can you imagine the devil became disloyal and that's what messed up the perfection of heaven when he was misbehaving? Now, I have to tell you something. The devil sure has a big dream. It's a wrong dream, but it is a big dream. He wanted to conquer God. He wanted to take the whole shoot match over. Uh, I admire the size of his dream. It is lofty, but I don't, ad- I don't admire him for that dream. Now, I don't want you to be like the devil in many areas. He's a liar, and I don't think you ought to be a liar. He's a thief, and I don't think you ought to be a thief. He's a rebel, and I don't think you ought to be a rebel. He is a promoter of immorality, and I don't think you ought to have anything to do with immorality. He is the source of all uh, lack of submission in this world, and I don't think that's right. Uh, He destroys marriages. He splits churches. He's the afflictor of the brethren. He's the accuser of the brethren. Got a lot of bad things going on, but I do have to tell you something. He does have some admirable qualities. I wonder where he learned them. I think he learned them from the creator. You understand he was in heaven for years. He watched God run the universe. He watched God succeed at everything that God did. You can be dead sure the devil uses some of what he learned in heaven now that he's changed sides and he uses it for his purpose. He... He is a success, if you will. Just think about it. You just think about all the successes that the devil has had. Now, they're wicked successes. They're vile successes. They're terrible successes. But I'll tell you what. He's getting the job done. He is flat out getting the job done. He, he had a goal of taking over heaven. He didn't get it accomplished, but I'll tell you something. He has been running at high speed ever since, and boy, has he accomplished a lot. Why? Why? I think because he watched God. Now that he works for the other side, the devil, he uses some of the strengths that he learned from God, but he uses it for the wrong reason. And may I say to you, he uses some of those strengths in an incredible way. I call the sermon, I wish you were like Satan. For instance, he has courage. He has courage. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8, be sober, be, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You understand, lions are known for their courage, and the Scripture compliments the devil for having lion-like qualities. Do you realize that Jesus Christ was a, the lion of the tribe of Judah? Hey, lions are known for their courage. 
You have got to develop some courage in your Christian life. Look, if the devil can have courage for wrong, can't you and I have courage for right? It takes courage to stand up to the world. It takes courage to stand up sometimes even to our families. It takes courage to stand up to our friends. Hey, it takes courage in this religious day and age to stand up and say the King James Bible is the inspired, preserved word of God. Hey, look at how, hey, look at how bold the devil's crowd are. They've come out of the closet. They're living as wild and wicked in this day and age and they're not ashamed of it. It's sad that the devil's crowd has more courage than God's crowd. I, I wish you were like Satan. I wish you had courage. Preachers used to preach with tenacity. Preachers used to preach with power. Preachers used to preach and not be afraid to preach against sin. Today, most of them have their tail between their legs and they're hiding because they want to be, they, they want to be politically correct. I have a mandate from God to be biblically correct. And when biblically correct is not politically correct, politically correct is wrong. Oh, but they'd like us to believe otherwise, wouldn't they? They'd like to scare us into our little hole and hide as Christians. Get some courage, Christian. I wish you were more like Satan. I wish you were more like Satan because he is a tireless worker for his cause. Tireless. Revelation chapter 12, verse number 10 says this. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accuseth them before God day and night. Day and night. You understand? He's working for his cause 24-7. He's burning the midnight oil. He's not resting. He's constant at his work. And you're upset if the preacher preaches 10 extra minutes and keeps you late. Look, I wish you were more like Satan. Day and night, he is after the cause of wrong. Look, you're not willing to give up an hour or two to go soul winning in a week. Uh, you're not willing to sacrifice to work on a bus route. You're not willing to come down to the church for that special meeting that might mean keeping somebody out of hell. I wish you were more like Satan. Satan throws himself into his work. He is tireless about it. I hate to tell you this. There's a thing that's called the work of the Lord. The work of the Lord. Now, so you all understand, what you're doing right now is not working. You're setting. Coming to church is not the work of the Lord. Now, I'm working. But you're not working. You think, you, you think you're working? I'll tell you what. You go to work tomorrow. Walk in and do this. You walk in. You sit down and just sit there. When the boss comes around, he's going to say, what you do? You say, I'm doing the work of the shop. I'm doing the work of the office. He's going to say, get up and go to work. And I tell you something? You think you're working for the Lord right now? You're not. You're setting. The devil is a tireless worker for what he believes. See, we today have developed a spectator attitude. Yeah, yep. 
say, what am I supposed to do? You're to be a participator. Don't be a spectator. Be a participator. I love to play basketball. And I got to tell you something. I can remember the one time they set me on the bench. Brother, I was fit to be tied. I wanted in that game. I was I was wringing my hands. I could not sit still. And finally, the coach said, all right, Owens, go in. You're wearing me out just watching you. I couldn't stand it. And I feel the same way about church. I don't want to be on the sideline. I don't want to come in and plunker down in the pew and let somebody else do the work and somebody else bring the visitors and somebody else clean the church and somebody else work in the nursery, you need to become a participator, not a spectator. I think we need to become like the devil, night and day. He's after the cause of wrong. But wait a minute. There's a third thought. We need to become like the devil because he's willing to change himself for his cause. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 14 says, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. You know what the devil said? I'm willing to change me into anything I have to to get my job done. He's willing to change himself to get the devil's work done. He's willing to go to any extreme to advance his cause. Are you willing to change your life to be used of God. What is it that the preacher requires for you to be able to step up into some position of the church, but you say, I'm not going to do it. Well, sweetheart, maybe you ought to become like the devil because he'll change whatever has to be changed to get the job done for wrong. There's something about us that needs to change. Think of how, look, 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 think of how weird the devil is and the devil's crowd are. Folks, if you really want entertainment, you, you, don't, you don't have to watch TV or go to the zoo. Go down to the mall. Come to me with the airports around the United States of America. I'll show you a whacked out America. Man, you can't tell if it's a man, it's a woman, or it's a monkey. I'm telling you. Do you understand how people will change while they're serving the devil? Yeah. I seen somebody the other day, it looked like somebody melted a whole box of crayons on their hair. <laughs> I mean, it was every color. It was rainbow colored. Well, so if the preacher says, fella, you ought to get your hair cut to serve the Lord, but you're not going to do that. The oh. devil's willing to change to serve God. He said, and no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Do you understand? He is the opposite of light. He is darkness. But he said, I'll become the opposite of what I am to be used to conquer God and to conquer people and to conquer right. What is wrong with you and I? We don't want to change anything to be used of God. And just so you know, there are some scriptural prerequisites to be used of God. God's not going to fill you with the Holy Ghost of God when you live like the devil. So you might need to change. You might need to change. So I think we can see he is willing to change for his cause, but not only that. Number four, he fears God. I think we ought to be like the devil. He fears God. James chapter 2, verse 19 says, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. They tremble. Can I tell you something? If you go against God, you should tremble. 
The devil trembles. Don't you think you should? If the devil has a quality of fear of Almighty Jehovah God, you and I should. Now listen, I don't think God's up in heaven with lightning bolts just looking for an opportunity to zap me and you with you know a bunch of voltage. But I do know this. He is a great God. He is a God that brought the, the flood to this world. He is the God that rained the fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah. He is the God that handles the lightning bolt. He is the God that handles all the weather. And I'm going to tell you something. Though I don't think our loving God wants you and I to be petrified of him, you better have a reverence for him. And I would tell you this. He is worthy of your fear. There's some people in here, the way you're living right now, you don't fear God. There's somebody in here, I don't know who you are. The preacher does not know who you are. It may be everyone around you. They do not know who you are or what you're up to. But I almost guarantee you, there's somebody sitting under the sound of my voice. You're up to no good. You're into sin, up to your throat, and you don't fear God. You had better fear God. If the devil has a good sense to fear what God could do, I would think you and I would. Do you fear someone not being saved because you didn't care enough to reach them? We ought to fear that. We ought to fear it. But not only that, I see another quality that the devil must have learned while he was in heaven. He uses it. Did you know that the devil is loyal? Believe it or not, he has a loyalty to his cause. Let me read a passage of Scripture to you. Matthew 12, 26 says, And if Satan cast out Satan... He's divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? This is about a demon-possessed man uh, brought to Jesus. Jesus casts out the devil, and a Pharisee said, that was done in Satan's power. And, and Jesus told him, said, look, if Satan is disloyal to Satan, Satan won't get the job done. You know what Jesus was saying? The devil learned something about loyalty. You've got to learn to stick uh, with the program. If you don't, you're going to fail. I don't think Satan is going to hurt his own cause by being disloyal. Can I tell you all something about loyalty? Anybody here have a dog? Would you raise your paw? Yeah, you have a dog. Mrs. Owens for many years had a dog. Now, our dog, we don't have this dog anymore, but her dog's name was Pupcake. I know that sounds dumb, but her dog, she named the dog, she named it Pupcake. And I got the dog because I travel around the world. And when I'm gone, Mrs. Owens wanted a dog around the house. So if somebody came around, that dog would bark and maybe scare people away. So I got her the dog, and I thought she was going to name it Killer or Bloodthirsty or something like that. I said, well, you going to name your dog? She said, Pupcake. I said, Honey, if somebody's breaking into the house and you say Sikkim Pupcake, they're going to laugh. <laughs> they're going to laugh. But I'll tell you something. Pupcake loved my wife. Pupcake was loyal to my wife. Mrs. Moore, a lady from our church, came out to visit. Now, we lived on the backside of a mountain. And Mrs. Moore came out to our house. Not many people came out to our house because it was over the river and through the woods to the Owens' house we went. But Mrs. Moore came out to the house, got out of the car, and old Pupcake, if you came on our property, you, Pupcake went crazy. I mean, a barking and a yapping and saying, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And that's what we got Pupcake for. I couldn't believe it. Mrs. Moore came to the door, and Mrs. Owens was talking to her through the door because Pupcake kept on saying, I'm getting out. I'm getting out. I'm going to get that lady. 
I don't know how it happened, but when my wife was saying goodbye, Mrs. Moore was about halfway back to her car, and Pupcake got out. This was not good. Now, Mrs. Moore, she was a little larger than some, and she couldn't move as fast as others. She didn't quite make it back to the car before Pupcake greeted her from the backside and snapped at her seat. Pretty big target. My wife was petrified, but I'm going to tell you something. We never wondered about Pupcake's loyalty. Never. Even a dog can be loyal. You can even find a mangy old back alley dog and it'll become loyal. Let me tell you something. Satan messed up originally in heaven by disloyalty. That's my take on it. The Bible says that Satan was loyal to Satan's cause. Look right this way. Look up this way. You and I, we ought to learn about that loyalty. That'll take you a long way in the Christian life. But not only that, number six, Satan gets fired up for his cause. That's no pun intended here. But he gets fired up for his cause. Revelation chapter 12, verse number 12 says this, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the, of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you having great wrath. Having great wrath. Great. You know what that means? What he does, he does with intensity. What he does, he does with fire. What he does, he does with tenacity. He is excited about his work. He's fired up. He gets wound up for his cause. Can I tell you something? Serving Jesus is still exciting. Can I tell you something? Being the right kind of church is still something worth being energetic about. And But but today, we have a lethargy in the church. It I, I'll, I'll tell you this. The average church I go to, now not yours and I thank God for it, the average church I go to reminds me of a funeral home. Everybody whispers, the music's dead, the people are dead. Sad. Satan has great wrath. What's it talking about? He has thrown himself into what he does with great intensity. Can I tell you all something that would help us if we would become a little bit more like Satan? When was the last time you found that there was a Sunday school teacher with great intensity that tried to build their class? When was the last time you found a bus captain that was fired up, cranked up, all ready to roll, and just as excited as they could be about their bus route? When was the last time you found a choir member that was excited to be in the choir or a soul winner that was excited to be a soul winner or an usher that was excited to be an usher or somebody in the church, whatever the duty. Hey, you know what we really need? We need some ladies that will stay fired up about working the nursery. All the churches I've ever pastored, they work it, but they hate it, and they want to quit. Spent about half my life talking ladies out of quitting the nursery because they didn't like it anymore. I understand. Who wants to change dirty diapers? I mean, you got a husband at home to take care of. That's bad enough. But I'll tell you something. That nursery is a powerful tool in the church. It is a big deal. You get a love on the little ones. There's a great connection between you and the parents. It also helps the preaching service, and it makes a big difference. But I'm just telling you, he, the, the Satan, what he did, he did with great, great intensity. Some of you need to get that intensity. 
There's somebody in here. Oh, you go to a ball game. Boy, you're shouting and cheering because you're excited about a ball. I played with bullies when I was three. Now, I can get excited at a ball game, but I've never been to a ball game that is more exciting than preaching services to me. I, I've never. You know what they told me? I was 16 years of age. I was called to preach. And, and, and I had this old preacher said to me, he said, uh, uh, you're going to calm down. You will calm down. I am very happy to say I've been preaching for over 40 years and I'm as irritating to people as I have ever been. I'm as loud. I am as in your faith and I have not slowed down a bit. I love what I'm doing right now. It is a dangerous thing for a preacher to say to me, take all the time you want. Because you want to know something? I want all night. You don't love your preaching or my preaching as much as I do. I love to listen to me. I could take it all night. You could all go to sleep. I self-entertain. Amen. Amen. Great. Throw yourself into it. The average preacher today can't preach his way out of a wet paper bag. He's watched too many of the television teachers where they pacify and they philosophize, but they don't preach. A preacher needs to learn to get with it, and he, you're right. If a preacher doesn't spit while he's preaching, he's not really preaching. I pass out towels for everybody that sits on the front row. Unless they look like SpongeBob, and then I don't give them a towel. Did I give anybody a towel down here? Ah, these are our SpongeBob lookalikes. Hey. I've got to go on. Number seven, I think we ought to become like Satan. You say, why? He's faithful. He's faithful. Job 1, 7, it says, from going to and fro on the earth, he gets around and he is very faithful. I'm going to make you a promise. Do you know that Satan never misses Sunday school? He never does. I know every Sunday school class I've ever taught he was there. A couple times I thought it was a bus kid incarnate. (laughs) Satan never misses Sunday school, ever. He is in every Sunday school, anywhere, anytime, every time. You know, he never misses morning church. Never. You know, he never misses Sunday night church. He's here right now. He's sitting by you, maybe. (laughs) You say, no, that's my mother-in-law. Hey, buddy, I was helping you. (laughs) Do you know Satan never misses Wednesday night church or midweek service? He's faithful. You know, he never misses the youth department activities. Never. He's in all of them. You just show up this Friday night. I will guarantee you he'll be there. Every time the hen squeaks on this church downstairs, Satan, he's the first one in. He said, I'm here to do my duty. I'm here to make a mess. I'm here to do what I came to do. He's always here. He's here tonight. And I'm going to tell you something else so you know. Not only is he always in his place, he's always on time. You say, why? He doesn't want to miss anything. Hey, if Satan didn't show up for 15 minutes of the service, the Lord might get a more powerful way, and Satan doesn't want that. This may not mean a lot to you, but uh, 
I wrote a book on character, then I wrote a second book on character, and then I put an MP3 album with 43 sermons on character. I even have a coloring book on character because I think character is one of the missing elements in America today. It used to matter to people if they were on time. It used to matter to people if they were faithful. Today, they don't care much. You can be glad that God is not faithful to your salvation like you're faithful to your church. But he's faithful. You say, where did he learn it? Well, God's faithful. Satan spent some time in, in heaven. He learned how to succeed. He used that success for the wrong side. He used that success for wrong. But these qualities are qualities that Satan definitely has. Did you know this? Number eight, he is willing to be deep for his cause. He's willing to be deep for his cause. Let me explain. Revelation chapter 2, verse number 24, it says, As many has, as have not this doctrine in which I have not known the depths of Satan. The depths of Satan. He is very deep into his work. Today, the average Christian is so shallow, it's embarrassing. Are you deeply committed to God? What does it take to keep you away from church? I heard it might, possibly, could snow. Next week. So I can't go to church today. <laughs> We're amazing. Do you know, you say, I stubbed my toe. I'm just going to have to lay out of church for three or four weeks. Explain that to Job. We are so shallow today. We're thin-skinned. Let me tell you something. I hate to tell you this, but it's good for you to hear it. If you're easily offended, you will not last long around a church that preaches the truth. First sermon out of the gate, you're going to have your weenie little feelings hurt and put your tail between your legs and run home to mama. You might not even last through my parking lot at my church. You might not have even made it into the building. We're thin-skinned. How deeply rooted are you in the Bible? How deeply rooted are you into your church? How deeply rooted? Let me tell you something about the bus ministry. If you're a weakling, you will not last. You say, the weather was great today. Well, the day's coming when the weather's not going to be great. You say, you went out there and you fired that bus right up. Well, you just wait. The batteries are going to be dead here in just a few months. And the roads are going to be icy and it's going to be cold and you're not going to be able to see out of the, the, the windshield to drive. And that'll be the week that that heater in the bus stops working. Today, everybody is looking for an excuse to get out. You ought to be looking for an excuse to get in. But Satan, it says, it talks about the depths of Satan. How rooted are you in the things of God? Not only that, I noticed that he has a quality. He's a recruiter. He is a recruiter. In Revelation chapter 13, verse number 4, it says, And they worship the dragon which gave them power unto the beast. Do you know something? You know the devil has recruited people onto his team. He's constantly recruiting people for on his team. He, he wants to keep the lost lost, so he's got them on his team. And then you know what he does? He even gets saved people to jump ship. Oh, yeah. Look at the efforts that he puts into getting people away from church. 
He'll come up with every possibility to talk you into becoming unfaithful. He'll come up with excuse after excuse after excuse. He'll do everything he can to recruit you onto his team. The devil's a recruiter. He's pretty good at it. Do you know how good he is at it? He had a building program. The Bible says that hell had to be expanded. He had a building program. See, hell started out being for one-third of heaven's angels, but the devil got so good at recruiting, God said, oh, we're going to have to build her bigger. I don't doubt they'll have to build bigger yet. You say, that's not possible. Hey, look, anything's possible when, 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 when the devil is out to do what he is out to do, and that is to take as many people to hell as he could. Hey, could I ask, though, are you a recruiter? Are you a soul winner? Do you witness? I'll teach you something that I do at my church. It's a little different. If you want to be a Sunday school teacher at my church, I don't recruit you to be a Sunday school teacher. I recruit you to be a Sunday school builder. The average Sunday school teacher goes in, teaches a lesson, and think their job's done. Not at my church. You're not recruited just to teach a lesson. You're recruited to build the, 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 the Sunday school class. Go get people. You know, the average Sunday school teacher, if the bus ministry didn't dump people into their class, they wouldn't have anybody. Hey, be a recruiter for your class. Be a recruiter for the church. Be a recruiter. Hey, be a recruiter for Wednesday night services. Invite people to come back. Go after people. The devil has. We have what we call soul winning. He has what he calls soul losing, and he's good at it. He is good at it. Let me, just, let me give you a couple more, and we'll be on our way. But the devil, he, uh, he's got some qualities that are incredible. Next, you know he and his followers are willing to use their finances for their cause? They use finances for their cause. Matthew chapter 4, verse 8 and 9 says this, and again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, show, showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Do you understand? The devil is with Jesus, and he offers Jesus riches to get Jesus to jump ship on God. You know what the devil is doing? He's spending his money, investing in his cause, John 12, 31 talks about him being the prince of this world. He uses his riches. Hey, and I got to tell you something. Does the devil's crowd use money to get it done? I wish you knew how much of the devil's money is pumped into our, our government officials and things to get them to vote for all the nasty stuff that they vote on. Did you know the devil is willing to give his all? His all to get the job done. I just think about the kind of money. Hey, do you know how much money Hollyweird pumps in to all of their filthy movies to corrupt us? Do you have, do you have any idea how much money uh, Bud Dumber or Bud Weiser uh, invests in their advertising and the liquor people advertise and the tobacco people advertise? Do you know how much money is pumped into the pornography uh, uh, availability out there? Do you know how much money is spent on filth? The devil's crowd spend and spend and spend and spend. And we wonder why America's going down the tubes and God can't get you to tithe. He gave it all. Get this. This is what I don't understand. Do you know everything you have God gave you? Yeah. 
Everything you have, God gave you. And then God said, to see if you love me, I'm going to ask you to give me 10% back. Well, God doesn't need the 10%. God needs your love. But he gave it all to you. And then he said, to show that you love me and you know where it came from, give me the 10% back. And people say, I'm not going to do it. Did you know you don't do it because you like him? You don't do it because you like her? You don't do it because you like, is that an organ? Okay, you're not to do it because you like that instrument. You know why you're supposed to tithe? God said to. The devil's crowd pumps billions and billions and billions of dollars into the cause of wrong, and we can't get people to give to missions. You won't give your tithe. And so you know what the Bible teaches. The Bible says you're a thief. Say, I'm going to get that taken care of. Well, you will or God will. That's a promise in the Scripture. You see, the devil's got some qualities that are unique. He has courage. He's a tireless worker. He's willing to change for his cause. He fears God. He's loyal. He gets fired up with intensity for wrong. He is faithful. He's willing to be deep. He's a recruiter. And then he finances his cause to an extreme. Let me give you one more. He's not a quitter. We ought to be like him. He is not a quitter. Get this. He knows... He's a loser. He already knows he's a loser. Revelation 12, 12 says this, For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. All the way to the end, he is intense. All the way to the end, he will fight tooth and nail for his cause. He knows he has but a short time, but he plans to go out in a ball of fire. Do you know, he is a loser, but he'll fight to the bitter end. You get that? He is a loser, but he plans to fight to the very end. And you are a winner. And we can't get you to fight through the week. The devil says boo to you and you run for weeks. We're, we have victory in Jesus. Amen. I notice here, I'm going to guess the devil's not an excuse maker. I don't think the devil calls his imps together and say, fellas, uh, it was the weather that caused us to be unproductive yesterday. Fellas, somebody hurt my feelings. That's why I wasn't up to my Lucifer ways. I do not picture the devil being an excuse maker, a whiny baby, a coward. And get it, he is a loser. It's already written in the scripture. You understand, when this deal's done, he loses, he gets bound in hell. Yeah, that's right, amen. I was coaching, I coached uh, many, many soccer teams, and I was coaching some boys, and uh, we, were, we, were, we were down quite a bit. And it was toward the end of the game, and I think the other team had seven or eight goals, and my guys had two. And I was watching them. 
A couple of my best players just gave up. They just they 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 were just jogging up the field. So I called a timeout. And I pulled the guys over and I said, fellas, I hate to tell you, but there are three minutes left in this game. And I expect you to give me everything that you have for the last three minutes. We didn't come here just to win. We came here to be what we are supposed to be. Now you get out there and play hard to the very end of this game. It is not what you get out of it. It is what you become because of it. Now get out there and play hard. You know what, church? We're the winners. Winners ought to be playing hard all the way to the end. The devil is not a quitter. I know it sounds a little odd, but tonight I want to challenge you. I wonder if you and I shouldn't become a little more like Satan. Now, the qualities that he would have that we could mimic, he learned from the great God of the universe. He uses them for the wrong reason. Don't you and I, don't we have an obligation to use them for the right reason? The right reason. Let's not let the devil outdo us. Christians are serving Almighty God. He deserves all the glory and all the praise and all the honor. He deserves it all, and we ought to give it to him. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Every head bowed, every eye closed.